Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f you are. Let's rock this out. I'm thrilled to have Jenna Purdue join me today on the Meg Rock Show. Jenna is a mompreneur, a manifester, an influencer, and a wife to celebrity DJ John Purdue. Jenna lives a crazy, fast, fun life in Nashville with her family. Jenna is no stranger to the concept of the law of attraction and the awareness of how she energetically moves through her life. Jenna, when did you start learning to intentionally manifest and what does that look like for you? I was always teased as a little girl for being like so happy and hyper and it's just kind of my happy-go-lucky like life that I've always lived. Um, but I did start to really discover the power of positive thinking and um, putting things out into the universe more so in my late twenties, I was, um, in like a long, boring, old relationship that needed to end way before it did. And, um, it was towards the end of that, that I really started like asking for signs and that's when I really started. It was in my late twenties and, um, one, you know, asking for a sign here and receiving it turned into, okay, I'm going to try that again, turned into literally a way of life. So, and it rolled in from what I was, I used to do automotive marketing for Cadillac. So I traveled all over the world with them. I got to see incredible places, meet incredible people, do amazing things. Um, and it was really during that time of my life where I like said, I, I will get, I, we would always get our schedule, um, for the auto show tour, you know, I think it was like in August. And I, I said in like July that year, like, I'm going to get the Hawaii auto show this year. Like I'm going to get it and that's it. And sure as hell, August rolls around. And I had like Cleveland and Minneapolis and all these cold states or cities and states, you know, throughout the winter, but Hawaii was right in there. So it was just little things like that, where I was like, I'm just going to keep trying it. Cause all I have to lose is nothing, but the thought, right. And, um, I met my husband that way. Like there are so many things I could tell you, but. So John was kind of a part of that manifestation. You were, you were, you knew where you wanted to be in that career and you were seeing it for yourself. And then he just kind of lined up, I guess. Did you meet him in Vegas? I'm just guessing. No, I met him in Detroit, Michigan in a parking lot. <laughs> wow. At a car show, I guess. Was no, it at, no? a concert, at a concert? At a concert. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. Okay. Tell me a snippet about that story. Okay. So, um, with, when I was with Cadillac, I worked on their race team. Cadillac at the time was a support race to IndyCar. We were um, racing in the Pirelli World Challenge. It was the top production-based race car series. And um, so we were at all the Indy races. And we were in Columbus, Ohio one weekend. And I heard on the radio that Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan was opening for Jason Aldean. And they were going to be in Columbus that weekend. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds like such a fun show. I want to go. But the racetrack was literally like in the middle of a cornfield. So we didn't get out of work in time. My girl, some of my dearest, closest friends and I worked on this tour together. So we didn't get out of work in time to go to the show. Well, then it was like the next weekend we were in Toronto and I heard on the radio that 
you know, Jason and Luke are in Toronto. I'm like, this is crazy, you guys. Like, they're, we're literally on the same tour. But again, with work, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So two weeks after that, we were in Detroit for a, a work meeting. And I heard on the radio that they were going to be there like a few days later, like after I was supposed to already leave. And I was like, oh no, we're going, we're going to stay. And I told my girlfriend, Kelly, I was like, I'm going to stay at your place. I'm going to extend my flight. Uh, We're going to the show. She's like, Jenna, it is sold out on StubHub. Like the concert was the hottest ticket of the summer. And I was like, girl, you can't have that attitude. We're going to go and we're going to go backstage. Oh my gosh. I have chills. (gasps) I was like, get in the car. So the concert rolls around. We're like literally on the interstate driving and there's mile long traffic at the exit for people to get to the show. We get there. We're walking around like the parking lot. There's people everywhere looking for tickets. There, there were literally, they didn't exist. There were none, no scalpers, nobody. So I saw a couple of the buses from the tour parked like right out there where everybody else was. But I was like, let's go around because there was this huge tailgate. I'm like, surely somebody couldn't get a babysitter or like they have a spare at that party. So we're on our way over there and we walked like past the buses and this guy was, I don't know, doing whatever. And he's like, ladies, what are you doing? I'm like, we need to get inside. We got to get in there because I could hear Luke on stage. And um, he's like, hold on. I know somebody who might be able to help you out. Like 10 minutes later, this cutie pulls up on a golf cart and he jumps out my husband. And he's like, what are you girls doing? I'm like, we got to get in there. I don't know how you're going to do it, but we got to get in there. He's like, well, get on the, get on the golf cart. So we're on the back of the golf cart and they're driving us backstage. And my girlfriend turns around and looks at me and she mouths like, how do you do this? And I was like, I told you, I told you. So we're on the back of the golf cart talking, John and I, and he's like, so what do you do? And I tell him, and he goes, Oh, I have a Cadillac. And I was like, here we go with the story. Cause let me tell you, everybody has a story about a Cadillac. And as my job, I had to listen to the stories. So he's like, yeah, I have a, a CTSB coupe. And those are our babies. Like those are actually what we drove. So I knew everything about those cars, interior, exterior, powertrain, final drive ratio, stopping distance. Like I was trained to speak like an engineer. I'm, I'm not an engineer. I have a degree in organizational leadership, but I was talking all these facts and he's like, I've never driven that car over 80. So he's like the opposite of a car guy. So I knew everything about his car. He knew nothing. He dropped us off. He's like, there are no seats. They don't exist. And he goes, but you can stand out here. And like, we were in the venue at that point and watch the show. I got to go to work, but I'll come back and get you in a little bit. And I was like, okay, friend, I don't even know who you are, but bye. Thank you. And we got some beers. We just watched um, Luke perform. It was so fun. We just stood kind of on the side by like the beer stand. And then the next thing I know, my girlfriend Kelly was like, hey, is that our friend? And there he was, John Perdue, my husband, DJ Silver on stage playing all these songs, like such good music. I was like, oh my God, that's our friend. So then as he said he would, he came down after he got off stage and we ended up watching uh, Jason from backstage, side stage that night and had like the best concert experience ever. It was so much fun. And then um, John and I had kept in touch. So like kept texting back and forth a little bit here and there. He is actually the funniest person I have ever met his wit. Like I, it's brilliant. It, he keeps me cracking up and he's so generous. Like I've literally seen him give the shirt off of his back. And, um, 
yeah. So that I can, I can vouch for how nice he is because he totally helped us in Raleigh. We were in the middle of that monsoon. And I know that never happens at, I mean, I'm sure it happens at concerts, but apparently it's never happened at Jason's concerts, like maybe twice. And I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. And we were, stuck. we were stuck. Thanks to your husband. We got out of there. Yeah. He was telling me about that story when I mentioned that you said that, but, um, yeah, anyway, well, long story short, he, I mean, he lived in Nashville at the time I was in Florida, like recently out of that old relationship. And I had always wanted to live in Nashville, having traveled all over. I knew I didn't want to be in a big, big city like LA or New York. Um, but I wasn't, I was kind of over Florida. I was raised here. Love it. Actually want to get a house down here again. But anyway, um, I knew I always loved Nashville. He's like, I live in Nashville. So long story short, that was in September when I met him of 2012. And in December, I took my sister to Vegas for New Year's. I needed like 3,500 more miles on Delta to get my platinum level by the end of the year. So I was like, let's go to Vegas. So we went out there and he was DJing that weekend. So we got together out there and then that was like the rest was history. So we dated for a year. We were engaged for a year. And on our one year wedding anniversary, we found out we were pregnant with Wake, our son. Oh, that is awesome. Well, you clearly spoke that into existence. Oh yeah. I was like, we're doing it. See, and I didn't know that that was the, that's the cool thing about yeah, manifesting. Yeah. I didn't go to that concert saying I was going to meet my husband, but I went to that concert knowing I wanted to have a good time. But also in my life, I was looking for love. I wanted more than what my previous um, long relationship was giving me. So it just kind of all was parallel and came together at the, the right time. It was really cool. Well, that's amazing. So speaking of cars, I mean, you just bought your mom a car. What an amazing gift. Was she in complete shock? Was it a surprise? It was a surprise. Yeah. I had been wanting to get her one. She's such an angel and she, like my kids adore her and, and they're her only grandchildren. My sister doesn't have any kids. And so they're just her world and she's so sweet and she's a retired school teacher and she's just, you know, we've never had a lot of money. And when I started building my Arbonne business and I could kind of see where I was able to go financially, I knew, I knew I'm getting my mom a new car. Like, I don't know when, but I'm getting my mom a new car. And I had been wanting to do it for, a, I wanted to do it last year. And then we were getting ready to refinance the house. So it was, you know, they say that's not a good time to like make a big investment. So this year I just pulled the trigger on it. I was like, money is just money. You can always make more. Right. So I had to give her something that I knew she could use and was safer in. And she's, oh my God, she's like the, clearly the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Cause she's like a nonstop talker, <laughs> but, um, she was speechless. She was hysterically crying and speechless. And she still feels like she needs to be pinched. So it feels really good to be able to give back. She sacrificed a lot. That is so amazing. I just said that the other day that the, the easiest way to manifest more money is to give money away. And it's not, even if you're, even if you find yourself in a place of not having a lot of money, you're going to manifest it more by seeing what you have is enough and knowing that when you release it, it's coming back to you. And so it doesn't matter if you're in the position of buying a, someone a car or you're in the position of giving someone $5 at the, you know, in the red bucket at the grocery store. 
yeah. always see yourself having enough and you'll always have enough and you'll get to the point that you have more than enough. Yeah. More than you need. It was cool. I posted about it on my Instagram just cause it's, it's like a life long dreams, right? To be able yeah. to give back to your parents like that. And I don't think you really realize it until you are a parent, like, oh my God, wait, my parents did this for me. I love them. You know, I wish they could teach that lesson in high school, you know, Absolutely. but um, I posted about it on my story because I am proud and I'm happy that, you know, I'm able to share that with her. And um, somebody wrote me back and said, I was so inspired by your story, buying your mom a car that, we don't, we aren't in, you know, the position to do that, but we did splurge and we bought my mother-in-law an Apple watch for Christmas. And I just know she's going to love it. And I'm like, see, it's, that's yeah. so awesome. Just like inspiring people to continue to give, you know, right. it's not the dollar amount or what it's actually worth. It's the giving of your heart and, and, and the, how you feel behind it. Yeah. So whether it's an Apple watch or a car, you're still giving it all. It's all the same. Yeah, totally. All relative to where you are and what you're able to give. I yeah. love that. Okay. So, so let's go into, so you are a, a megapreneur, a mamapreneur, and you have built a successful big direct sales business. And I have a background in direct sales too. And I know that for me, one of the things that's so amazing about it is having the ability to be able to inspire and to empower other women. Because what I know about women now that I work with so many of them is that the low self-worth is it's rampant. And when you can teach people that they literally hold the magic, it is, it literally is the power of the belief in their mind when you can teach people that and you can get them small wins and then they get small wins and they're like, okay, well, if I can do this, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It literally is just, it's life-changing. And I think as moms, we're in women, we're, we're trying to handle so much and we're, we're created to think that we have to put everybody before us. So teaching other women how to be empowered is just so amazing. Oh, I always say that to my team. I'm like, you guys, we're literally using what I think are like incredible skincare and wellness products as a vehicle. That's literally just the vehicle from point A to point B to go through like incredible mindset growth, um, self-discovery, teach other people how to, you know, feel that way. It's, it's not all about the products. It's really like 90% about personal growth and development. And it feels so good. Absolutely. And, and one thing that I will say that's so powerful about the direct sales industry, granted, not everybody has the success we've had, but if there's a will, there's a way. If you're wise big enough and your vision's big enough and, and, and you're, you are energetically aligned, speaking into, into existence what you want for your business, anything is possible. But one of the things that I think that's so amazing about the direct sales industry is once you do start having that success, you can start to diversify and then you have the freedoms to give on a bigger level, just like you were able to give with your mom. So it is, you find a company that you can get behind that you love. And that is just the vehicle for all the vision and the manifestation and the things that you want to, to, um, to have for your life and the things that you want to accomplish. So it's truly, truly powerful. How long have you been in the direct sales industry? Is it like two years? A little over September was two years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what I love about it, and it's not just the company I'm with, but with all direct sales, yeah. it's like, there's no, dis nobody's discriminating, right? Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, your, what, where you went to school, if you even went to school, your pedigree, your age, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's just, 
anybody can do this. It's just, you got to really have the, you got to be prepared for the, the self-growth because that's, that's all it is. And when you can teach people to feel good and love themselves, that what, what better is that? I'm like, this is work. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally, I totally agree. Okay. So, so the next topic I want to discuss is, you know, so you're kind of a celebrity in your own right. You're, 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 you're kind of, you're, 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 you're a celebrity to me. You're, you're an influencer. You have a lot of followers on Instagram and you're John's wife. I, I call him DJ. My brother's like, Mike, you can call him John too. And I'm like, okay, well, he's just, he's just DJ silver to me. Like I just don't tell DJ. you a funny story about that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. So he goes by silver, like silver. That's his name. Yes. Silver, right. That's a stage name. When he, okay, first so I, I should call him silver. Okay. Everybody calls him silver. Well, no, you can call him John. <laughs> everybody calls him silver. Um, when he first started DJing way, you know, a hundred years ago. Oh, well, he's not that old. Sorry. That wasn't an age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when he first started DJing, he was DJ Quicksilver and Quicksilver came and said like, you got to pick something else. So he was like, it was either quickie or silver. So <laughs> he went with silver, but everybody calls him silver. So when we first started dating, I literally in Vegas that weekend, I was like, well, what's your real name? I like to get down to the, like the real deal. What am I working with here? I need to know more about you. And he's like, well, my name is John Purdue is my, you know, government name. And so I always called him John. I don't, I just always did. And I was probably like, I had moved to Nashville three or four months into living together. And, um, Brittany and Jason, we, we, I went over to their house one night and Jason Aldean, you know, my husband, my husband's one of his best friends and boss. Um, I was talking about, John was on the road and I was talking about him. I'm like, John, you know, John's something, John's doing whatever. And Jason stopped me. He's like, man, you know, Silver's my boy. And so I don't know who this John dude is, but you need to pick John or Silver because I'm going to have to be telling him you're dating other dudes. And I was like, what are you talking about? John is Silver. He's like, what? That's his name. <laughs> and they had been working together for like, I don't know, seven years at that point. So it was hilarious. So everybody calls him Silver to the point where our son's middle name is Silver because I didn't want to be John. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Okay, good. Okay. Well, I'm not going to call him John either. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him silver. People call him DJ. People call him John. People call him silver. Mr. DJ. I keep hearing that. Hey, Mr. DJ. I keep hearing Uh, that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So so this leads me to the next question. So around your, your, your group of people, you're around a lot of celebrities and I see it. I see it all the time with the celebrities that I follow. And I know you've experienced it too. I've experienced it. It doesn't matter who you are. We've all experienced the mom shaming and the people on social media that are so quick to be negative or have an opinion or assume. I know that drives you crazy and having celebrities around you. I'm sure you see it tenfold. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Cause you know, it's fun. Like we all think our kids are like the cutest human beings on the planet. Right. So like a lot of parents want to share their children and I like to share the, the good and the bad. I know most of Instagram and social media is like the highlight reel, right. Or facade book. You're just kind of showing everybody the best. I like to kind of get on there sometimes. I think it's funny when like my daughter pooped on the, on the, um, 
<laughs> fireplace the other day. Like those things are funny to me. Maybe that's a little crude, whatever. Hey, I'm real. Life. I like the real life stuff. I think it's more relatable, honestly. Um, but, and I get a lot of people who do say like, thank you. You made me feel better that your kids are literally in their pajamas all day long. I'm like, yeah, if I'm at home, I want to be in my pajamas too, you know, type thing. So a uh, quick story about that. I actually, I, 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 you may have noticed, but I can't really bite my tongue when people come at me on Instagram about stuff like that. I'm like, no. So the other day, my husband's still in Nashville. We're down here in uh, the Clearwater area in Florida visiting. He's got some music stuff going on in the studio. So I came down a little bit early and I flew by myself with two kids. One is a 20 month old animal, my daughter, Davis. She's completely out of control. My four-year-old son, Wake, is like the perfect angel of a child. So the second child syndrome thing, that is real. I know I am one. So he's sitting in, you know, the the aisle or the window being a doll baby coloring. She's, I was still sore for like three days after the flight from just juggling her. Cause apparently COVID doesn't exist on Southwest airlines. All the seats were sold out plus two. They had like way too many people anyway. So I went, had my mask, oh, almost lost it, had my mask. So, um, get off the plane and I'm not like a big mask fan. I might get a lot of hate for that, but I'm just not like, I prefer oxygen. So I took that sucker off. I was like, finally, she's in her stroller. I can breathe for a second, have a sip of my water, which I had not been able to do any of that on my flight from Nashville to Tampa. And my sister, as we like get off the little trolley train is sitting there with my dad. The kids are running to them. Oh, Pa, Aunt Jess. Like what a beautiful moment, right? When like family is reunited my sister films the whole thing and it was so cute and I put it on my Instagram and I get people coming at me how disrespectful you don't have your mask on this was what they saw out of the whole video they saw in 15 seconds that I didn't have on my mask they didn't say how cute it was people reuniting after time apart during this terrible year the happy face of a child I was like I went off I was I, and I tagged the girl and everything I was like ma'am ma'am you have just watched 15 seconds of my life, of my day, which I share a lot with y'all, by the way, but still 15 seconds. And that's what you see, like, give me a break. And she actually, for the first time wrote back. And this is the first time this has ever happened. And was like, I am so sorry. I was so happy because she's like, I'm so sorry. You're right. I've had a horrible morning and I took it out on you. And I, and I know, see, now I know from all my mindset work and stuff that that's always the case. It's not me. It's somebody else is dealing with something and they're just being a poo poo. But I was so happy. I'm like, yeah, cause I get a lot of heat for the little wrong things that I do. I was on a boat once. My daughter was like four weeks old. We went out on a boat. There's no way a like a life vest is going to fit on this child. She was in a little docketot the whole time. It, it was like a lake. We were on a pontoon. Let me tell you, it wasn't a speedboat. <laughs> and I took a picture with her and my son and my girlfriend and their, her kids. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get so much heat that she is on a boat without a life jacket on. Not one person said anything about a life jacket. Instead, they chose to complain about the fact that she got on a little bit of sunscreen. I'm like, I can't win. I cannot win. So yeah, it's hard because you want to share, but then sometimes you're like, forget it. I don't need to take all this heat from all these judges. But I still continue to share because let me tell you, I get 95% love. So I'll just take all the love. 
Absolutely. And that's what you should focus on. But I know, yeah. I know being in the spotlight, you probably feel like it's, it's tenfold. I mean, and that's, you know, it's not what you sign up for, but it kind of comes along with it. And if you can just compartmentalize those negative people that at the end of the day, like you said, are hurting, like they've got something they're dealing with in their life. They're just deflecting it on you then. Yeah. You just got to send them love and hope that they can get through whatever they're going through. Cause it must be something. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this leads me to after you had wake, I think it was wake when you started having health issues, what was happening and how did you, how did you find a way the way around that? So, um, after he was born, well actually started during pregnancy, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. My thyroid went wacky. Um, and I was anti-medication, not a big fan. Um, but obviously I'm very thankful for modern medicine. Listen, I've been there, needed it, taken it. I'm thankful for it. But in the moment I wasn't even taking an Advil while I was pregnant with my son. I was eating as organic and clean as possible. Just very thankful to be pregnant and doing the best I could for him. Um, so I was really devastated that I had to take this pill every day, but she's like, well, you could take this pill or you cannot take this pill. And then his own thyroid doesn't work. And I was like, Oh God, okay. I'm taking the medication. So, um, I started, let me back up. So if you had not taken, she was saying, if you had not taken that medication, then wake thyroid would have been compromised from what I remember now, granted, I don't have a good memory, but this was four and a half years ago. I was, he was young. He was less than 20 weeks, um, gestation. And if he was dependent upon my thyroid at the time, which wasn't functioning properly. So after 20 weeks, I guess their thyroid is fine, but, um, yeah, he was dependent on me to be, you know, giving him all of the hormones and all the goodness. Okay. So I got into a, um, a thyroid doctor an endocrinologist right away. And they evened me out and it's not like a high dosage or anything, but after that, I read a couple books on different foods you can eat to help your thyroid. And um, I started to adjust, but I, my levels have never changed. I guess the only way I'll really know is if I just stop taking the medication altogether, which I have considered. Um, it wasn't until we were pregnant with our second baby then that I lost at 10 weeks that I really got um, a little bit cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over the food and the skincare that I was using. So that was really what triggered my, my world with Arbonne. Um, yeah, we lost a baby at 10 weeks. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't passing the baby on my own, um, TMI, but my uterus is extremely tilted. So I lost the baby actually at six weeks is when it stopped growing. And then hi buddy, can you go back out there for mama? This is wake my son. Go on, baby. And then, um, it was 10 weeks and I'm like, okay, this is, I want this to be over with. Like I really wanted a second child and it was just very morbid walking around for a month, knowing that I had a dead baby inside of me. It was really a hard time mentally. I went to a really, really dark place. Um, so I guess it was, yeah, I, ended up having to take the abortion pill. Am I going too deep? No, this is real. This is is life. Okay, speaking of life. Mom, can you please come and get them? Sorry. So um, go on, baby boo. Go to the terrorizer child. All right. Go on, wakey. 
so um sorry i'm actually glad that happened because this story always makes me really emotional but um ended up having to take the abortion pill john was on the road and i was impatient and i wanted it over with so i did that at home in the morning and i lay down in bed and it started the bleeding and it didn't stop and it did not stop and it was very intense. Luckily, one of my best girlfriends came over and helped out, but I ended up needing to be rushed to the emergency room. I needed a blood transfusion. I needed an emergency DNC, which is what I should have had in the first place. My body was never going to pass the baby on its own with the way that my uterus was shaped. And I was dying. Oh, that's crazy. I had, I had my own, my own issue. So I could get pregnant really easily. Getting pregnant was never an issue, but I found out when I was pregnant that I had a blood clotting disorder that really only affects me when I'm pregnant. But every time I would get pregnant, the, um, the baby would stop getting the, the fetus would stop getting blood. So I had three, I had three miscarriages, but I remember when I had, when I had the first miscarriage. I remember sitting in our living room having this sharp pain. It wasn't so sharp that I was like, I have to go to the emergency room. It was just like a, Ooh, what was that? Like I felt it. Um, but that's crazy. So you took that pill and is a side effect of that hemorrhaging? Like why did your body bleed that much? Do they know? Well, the way I always say she, I just feel like I know what yeah. Yeah. She was in there. My, I guess how they explain it, your body flushes blood to pass, right? Like to get the baby out and my body was flushing and flushing and just flushing, but it wasn't going to release on its own. So, um, yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was really, really, really horrible. Um, I always say we were we are survivors of the Las Vegas massacre, um, shooting out in Vegas, obviously. Which, which was yeah. another one of my questions. So yeah, you can just lead into that wherever that goes. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll share that story. Um, but which was obviously so traumatic and I always feel bad saying this because so many people did lose their lives and loved ones out there, but my miscarriage was so much more traumatic for, for me personally. It was just very gruesome. It was, I want, all I want to do is have babies. So it was just, it was horrible. And, and I guess nobody ever has a good time having one, but luckily, luckily six weeks after we did conceive Davis, our daughter. And, um, that's when I really went kind of crazy on the stuff that I was eating and putting on my skin. And, and I was doing research on ingredients like phthalates are allowed in skincare and wellness products. You know, um, they, they fall under the umbrella of like a perfume or parfum. They help a fragrance stick, but they're hormone disruptors. So they lead to infertility and other types of hormone imbalance. So I'm like, oh my God, I've been slathering this shit all over my body. Is this why I, I don't know. I just, I'll never know why I lost that baby. Right. But, um, it, it did really change the trajectory of my life in, in the light at the end of the tunnel, the positive side of the story would be, I did discover my Arbon business, which I'm so thankful for. So, um, Absolutely. yes. Anyway. Yeah. And then I ended up having my beautiful, healthy, amazing daughter. So I'm thankful everything happens for a reason as they say, but absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I always say, and I truly believe that the sole reason that we, that we have life on this earth is so that we can go through things that, that suck 
quite frankly, so that we can have, we can understand empathy on a level that we can relate and have compassion for others. Because if we don't experience our own pain and suffering, we, we can't extend that same understanding to others. And as much as it sucks, there's a purpose and a reason for everything that we go through. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. So we have two boys, but the one miscarriage that I know the sex of, because it was so far along was a girl. So I always wonder like, what would it be like to have a girl, you know, but I'm just obviously after bottles, um, milk jugs full of syringes and shots that I had to give myself for both pregnancies. I'm just grateful for two healthy babies and, you know, yeah, yeah. It all works out like it's supposed to. And, and we'll see those babies again one day. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I, um, I, uh, I always like to tell people to follow their instinct and their intuition and stuff, you know, obviously because our, I feel like gut feelings are like signs from the universe. Like you're feeling this for a reason. So, um, I was, when I was pregnant with Davis in the beginning, I was bleeding and I thought, oh, great, here we go again. You know? And, um, I was like six weeks, very early, pretty bleeding, pretty bad. And, um, I called my OBGYN and she's like, I'm so sorry. You're going through this again. Um, I would just call and prescribe you the abortion pill again, but, uh, I know that didn't go over well for you. So come in for your eight week checkup and we'll schedule your DNC after that. And I thought, you know, the audacity of this woman to tell me she would just call in a prescription for me to abort my baby. I was like, I just knew, even though I was experiencing the same thing that was horrible, I was like, no, this is my baby. This is my baby. And I bled for the next two weeks, went into that appointment. I did a lot of, of mindset work for those two weeks. That's an eternity waiting to see if you're actually pregnant. Right. So, um, I listened to Gabrielle Bernstein's, um, the universe has your back, the the faith of having faith over fear, whatever the little subtitle of that book is. And I was doing like a ton of meditation and I was listening to it on an audible because to be honest, I just, am not like a sit down and read type of gal. And, um, the next, it was like a couple days before my appointment, I was getting ready to go to the gym to meet some girlfriends. And it was in the morning and I was like, I need a sign. I was kind of breaking down. It was a really dark time in my life, the darkest um, waiting to see if I was having another miscarriage. And I said in the kitchen to myself, well, out loud, I need a sign. I need guidance. I need help. I cannot wait any more days to know if there's a baby in there that's healthy. And I was listening to faith over fear on the way to the gym and all that get to the gym. And I'm on the squat machine, which in retrospect was a really dumb idea (laughs) trying to be pregnant. But anyway, I was, and I was doing my thing. And I noticed in front of me, this lady, she was doing shoulders and her back was to me. And she had like this beautiful back. I could tell she put in a lot of work and she stood up and turned around. We made eye contact and I looked down and I noticed her tank top said faith with like a long line fear. So faith over fear. And I was like, bawling hysterically like thank you <laughs> I knew that. and then my appointment was a few days later and there she was that little ticker just taken away in my stomach so oh, and, and for anybody that's listening I I continue to bleed which they tell you is not normal it's 
so normal. I shared my miscarriage story on my Instagram too. And so many women said that that was normal for them and that they went on to have healthy babies. So where I'm going with my long-winded story is you guys have got to pay attention to your gut instinct. It is, it is an outside force giving you a sign that you need to listen to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, I know it's life is crazy, but I swear when people say wisdom comes with age, wisdom comes with age. I have learned so much in my, I'm, I'll be 40 in Jan, January, in February. And I have learned so much in my thirties. Like, yeah. I mean, just it's crazy. And life is really, life is really getting better. The older I get, I know it's crazy to think I'm nearing 40, but it's damn good. And you look damn good too, girl. Oh, sweet, sweet. Okay. So the last thing I want you to discuss is how crazy it was to be in Vegas during those shootings. And, and the thing that stands out, well, where were y'all when the gunshots started? Like where y'all, y'all were at the concert, I guess yeah. you backstage. Yeah, we were there. Um, so wake was 13 months old that day. Exactly. And I hate being away from him. So I would always take my mom to Vegas with us for those long, um, festival weekends. Cause my husband DJs the whole day in between every set into the night. Then he goes DJs like at Mandalay Bay or at MGM property. It's like in three day long time. And it's fun. You know, all of our friends end up coming in one day, somebody's there the next day, somebody else is there. Everybody from Nashville kind of filters through. And so I would go out there for the whole weekend, take my mom and my mom's um, dear friend, Mary who we call Aunt Mary or May May. And um, they would watch Wake. And so we usually stay at the Delano. Um, they would give us like, I love the suites there because they're all suites. So it's just a little bit more comfort room. You could put Wake asleep in the um, suite, you know, living room area and then go to bed or whatever. So he would go to bed at like 5.30. So my mom had been watching him during the festival hours on Friday and Saturday. So I could go down and hang out. But then on Sunday, Jason was performing and he's a family friend. So my mom was like, you know, I haven't seen Jace play in years because just life. And so I want to see him Mary, Do you mind if I just go down for like a, an hour and then I'll come back up. We can go get dinner or order room service while he sleeps. She was like, yeah, no problem. And um, so mom came down with me and I was standing there talking to Britt, Jason's wife, um, one of my dearest friends. And she was eight months pregnant. We were talking to some of her girlfriends. She used to live in Vegas. So she had, has a lot of really good, sweet girlfriends that still live out there. A couple of them were there and Jason started performing and Brittany's always usually right up on stage right away when he goes on, but we were just talking to her girlfriends and kind of caught up. And so my mom was like, Jenna, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up on stage. I I'll be good. She's, you know, she minds her own business. She stands in a little spot. You have to be careful because there's a lot of moving parts back there and like right. moving machinery and guitars and stuff. So I was like, just mind your space, keep your head up and go in. I'll be right there. Well, it wasn't five minutes later that I heard what I thought was fireworks, like on the other side of the fence outside on the street. And, um, we know that wasn't, it wasn't fireworks. So we were rushed to hide behind a bus. John and I were together. Thank God we were together. He was standing right there with me and, um, Britt ran right up on stage. Talk about a woman with some serious bravery. She went straight to her man and 
they pushed us like in between the bus and the stage. We thought that masked murderers were walking through the crowd with machine guns. That's really what it sounded like. Um, it lasted for 11 minutes on and off and wow. just hid behind that bus. I was just trying to do my positive thinking like this isn't really happening. This isn't really happening. And somebody came by and said, you know, there's, there's people dying out here. We need gun or we need um, like belts. We need scarves. We need tourniquets to stop the bleeding and I need help. And it's just like so intense because I think about like the people who are given the gift of fight I was flight. I was flight. I was no, 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 nope, nope. This isn't happening. I'm not running out there. I don't want to see that, which sounds so selfish. It's just that innate, like you either flight or you fight. And I was not a fighter that night. I was scared to death as most of us were, but there were a few people who got up and ran into that crowd. And I just, I don't know who they are. I never will. I just think that they are the most incredible people on the planet. Um, a lot of, you know, firefighters and police officers and paramedics, you people have that, that fight instinct. And I just am so thankful for that. I yeah. can't say enough goodness about it. But anyway, um, we were protected that night. I feel like we had a higher power over us. So we were laying on, they finally got us onto the bus. We were at the venue for hours after because nobody knew and there was so much casualty and it was just a lot of like, what the is going on? And I was laying on the bus floor, I had my phone in my hand and I get a text message from my girlfriend, Kristen Breast. Her husband is um, one of the dudes from the duo Locash. And she texted me, luckily he wasn't there, but she texted me and said, Jenna, are you okay? I just saw on the news that there was a shooter coming from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay. And I lost my sense of feeling because my son was on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay with my aunt. I could cry. Like I can't, I can't even begin to imagine. So we usually stay at the Delano, but there weren't enough rooms. We, we were supposed to stay in Vegas for like a week after because we were renovating our house and um so they couldn't put us up in the mandalay bay they had to put us up in two rooms or they couldn't put us up at the delano they had to put us up in two rooms at the mandalay bay and it happened to be on the 32nd floor two doors down from the shooter so i text mary and she's like he's fine i he's slept through the whole thing. Did she hear everything? I mean, obviously the guy's two doors down. Oh yeah. She called down. She is incredible. And she called down right away and she's like, this isn't good. Did she, did she let them know that literally the dude is on our floor? Like did, she was probably one of the people that told them where to come find this guy. Well, it was, yeah, it was pretty much because of her that they got to him. They did. Um, yeah, it, it was really intense. The The worst part, the best part is that she was communicating with me. He's fine. He's breathing. He's actually still asleep. And you guys, he, he has something massive in this world to give to this world because it was so loud down there, 32 floors down across the street on the ground that I cannot imagine how loud it was inside the hotel right there and he slept he slept through it like i just feel like he is so protected in love and light and goodness and he 
will never know. It's really, it really is amazing that he slept through all that. I mean, he was being totally protected because you think of the trauma and the effects he could have as a baby with that imprinting of that chaos. And you know what I mean? Like, it really is amazing that he slept through all of that. Yeah. It, when she got him out of the building, <clears throat> they walked for miles away. They were just getting everybody away. So when they got us out of the venue, we went this way. When they got them out of the hotel, they went this way. So, um, if you could take anything away from that night of, of just innocence is my sweet son. My aunt said was just like, so excited to see the lights of Vegas and the ambulances and the police cars, like, you know, in his sweet little innocent mind, that was just like the coolest, you know? So you're 100% right. He was just so protected from fear and anything that could have like damaged him long-term I'll take it all on for him if I had to, but he is like the sweetest, happiest, kindest guy. And he's four years old now. And I can still say that. So, so sweet. Well, let me ask you this. How, how did y'all deal with the emotion and the shock when y'all got home? I mean, how are you still dealing with it? I mean, obviously it still brings you to tears when you talk about it. Like even like Jason, like I even think of like when it happened, I was thinking, Oh my gosh. Like, I hope these people can get on stage and perform again. Could you talk about the PSD from it happening? You know, just thinking of it happening again. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it's, I know it's hard. It's, it's PTSD is very strange, very strange. Um, there are days like I could tell the story like this, like, this is what happened. It's a fact. I'll tell you the story from point A to point B and that's it. Now, you know, the story. And then there's days where I'm like, don't want to talk about it. Can't talk to you. I can't spit out a word. I can't function. I'm slobbering. It's, you know, it's very strange. Um, but all the guys, all Jason, my husband, the band, you know, the dudes that are on stage doing things behind the scenes, it's just very impressive. And, um, I think they compartmentalize a lot you know, as men in general, there are some women on the road, but it's mostly men. And they're just like, well, we're just going to keep doing it because they know that they can continue to bring joy. Absolutely. To other people through their music. So it's, it's interesting. We all, you know, went and talked to some people and some of us had a harder time than others, but I think, um, most of us just know the bigger picture of how amazing and thankful we are to be living and breathing and able to tell the story that, we just have to move on, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how is it dealing with COVID and being home all the time? And I mean, I know speaking of Vegas, I know DJ loves Vegas. I mean, I'm sure is, is Vegas like a ghost town right now? I'm sure. It is. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. Um, but being home with him all the time has been actually really nice. The first few weeks of, of quarantine, I told him that I was putting on the divorce paperwork. The reason that it's over is because you don't know how to unload or load a dishwasher. And I was serious as hell. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I have two children, not three. You can learn how to do the dishes. God love him. He really just did not even know. Well, and I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he's gained a whole new appreciation for what it is to be a mom and to be at home working as an entrepreneur and working as a mom because it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's so sweet. He tells me 10 times a day how thankful he is for me and appreciates me and that I'm, you know, he's, he's a very sweet guy. He sees, you know, he sees it. He always knew, but I think now he sees me in action and he's like, oh, damn, I can't do what she does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm like, you can't. Exactly. Well, and as much as this year has completely sucked, there is goodness and there, there is so much goodness that's already come out of it and that's going to come out of it. So yeah. that's what we have to focus on in everything. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of seeing that too. You know, it's been so heavy, like for so many reasons, but, um, I'll even post like little silly memes sometimes and people are like, yes, thank you. That's like the little things we have to be thankful for. You know, people are more appreciative of that kind of stuff. Now it's, it's good. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're going to end this. And the last thing, the biggest thing, in my opinion, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was thinking the end of my life, what do I want to be known for? So at the end of your life, what do you want to be known for? Jenna Purdue? The, the Jenna Purdue, that was always the happy go lucky girl that shared happiness and, and love and laughter with people. You know, it's, it's, I've realized now more than ever, it's like, kind of a morbid thought, but I'm looking at my kids getting older and I look at my parents and I'm like, oh shit, they are too, you know? And, um, you don't really realize that when you're a little seeing them get a little older, it like doesn't really show, but when you're getting older and they're getting older, you know? So long story short, my mom is just like the goofiest, happiest lady. And I want to be just like her. And if I could help one person, you know, be that, in life, like there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of sad shit, you know, but if you can always find the bright side, find the positive side to any story, it really is like life changing. So if I could be known for one thing, when I kick the bucket, it would be that I helped to teach and spread love and light to other people. I love it. I love it. Well, that's why we're so connected because I just see that and feel that in you and you are just such a bright light. You're such a bright light on zoom and on Instagram. I can't imagine how bright you are in person, but thank you so much for hopping on this podcast. It's been so much fun and, um, and we'll have to do it again soon. Girl, I'm proud of you. You're rocking it. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, that's, I want to spread love and light too. The more cheer and the more happiness and, and healing and understanding and compassion and inclusive inclusivity, however you say that word, we can bring (laughs) the world the better, more evolved this, this planet will be. Yeah. It's like one little shift and like the vibration can change for so many people and just keep elevating and elevating. I love it. Absolutely. We'll have a great trip and, um, and go relieve your mama of a babysitting duties. <laughs> she loves it. She's out there having a blast. They're building a gingerbread house. Oh, fun, fun. All right, babe. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at the Meg Rock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to manifestingmarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode.
The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.